Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time with small cap executives after they put on important news with us today. Happy to have him again because he keeps hitting on his drills. Peter Hawley, present CEO, fabled silver gold, trades in Canada under FCO, for friends in the U.S. under FBSGF. For those new to the story, because you're seeing the price of gold, the price of silver, the price of copper, Starting to put pressure now. So you see the whole complex. Here's what you don't know about fabled silver gold. Fabled copper is another company, but you're seeing all the price, uh, the price action. Fabled silver gold controls 100% of the Santa Maria gold and silver property in Mexico. It's a high-grade underground silver gold mine situated in the center of the Mexican epithermal silver gold belt, which has reportedly produced more silver than any other equivalent area in the world for the last 500 years. That's how amazing the neighborhood is. In their mining, in their jurisdiction there, a very mining-friendly jurisdiction, Paral, that alone has produced over 250 million ounces of silver. Multiple major operators in the vicinity, including Group of Mexico that borders of Santa Maria. Uh, the company has conducted two types of drill programs above and underground, uh, targeting previously untested areas, believed to contain further mineralization so that they can add new ounces to the current 43101. They had great success. We're going to talk about this, all the success. Peter, welcome back, my friend. Thanks very much, George. Always great to chat with you. Hey, I love chatting with you because every time we you come up for air, uh, yeah. uh, something new and amazing has happened in, in Mexico. So the press release was phase one exploration review on the Santa Maria property. Uh, we're going to bring up some imagery in a second, but... Before we do that, now that you've done phase one, colloquial speaking, layman's terms, how well did it go? How happy are you with the results? Oh, I'm ecstatic. And, and you know, it's funny. You could see each result getting better and better as we're getting towards the end of the program. And, and that's just a result of understanding more and more about the nature of the beast. And so as you you know, gather more data of how it's behaving, George, then, you know, your success rate goes up and, and hole 50, which ironically was the last hole of the program, uh, was certainly uh, something to think about. Yeah. So I'm going to read off the result of that, which is you hit high grade gold returning 86. I'm just rounding here. 86 grams per ton of gold within 4,800 grams per ton uh, of silver equivalent in about 22 meters, grading about 5.3 grams per ton, contained within 350 grams per ton of silver equivalent. I mean, that's a mouthful, all right? There's a lot of within, within, within. Again, layman's terms, one to 10. How do you guys rate that? Oh, that's definitely a 10. Maybe it's 11, to tell you the truth. You know, 86 grams of um, plus uh, of, of gold, Originally, when I saw that assay, because we had to reassay it a few times, I actually thought it was in the silver column. You know, I, I just said, nah, it's, it's not gold. But that's the equivalent of 2.77 troy ounces of gold. You know, for people gold. who don't know that area, how yeah. great of a result is that relative to what, you know, that Paral area, for example, you've seen historically? How do you, how do you rank that? Well, this is where it gets very interesting because... You know, if you go to Google and, and you Google silver deposits per L, it'll light up like a Christmas tree and you'll have all kinds of 
You go to Google and you type in gold deposits per hour and you won't find any. Wow. Okay. That says everything. Yeah. You yeah. guys are finding stuff that they don't typically find in Peral. You're finding gold. Well, and, and you got to remember, this is towards the east, um, central east part of the property. So if you remember holes 20 and 22 uh, during the expiration program, they hit a gold domain system, hydrothermal gold domain system to the west. So this is the second hydrothermal gold domain system that we found. Now, in this case, going to the east. So, um, and Bonanza grades. I mean, you can't argue with that, George. So, um, yeah, what a, what a way to end the program. Uh, you said in your quote, the past year of exploration diamond drilling, underground diamond drilling, definition diamond drilling, and finally surface mapping and sampling has been not only aggressive, which I think the market likes to hear, but has resulted in over 6,900, let's call it 7,000 samples collected and analyzed. Uh, how do the results impact uh, overall tonnage of known mineralization, and, and how do you how do you think uh, you know these final results will add to it? Well, what's what we know now um, unequivocally is there is a relationship between um, a mineralized diorite dike, and in this case, the the original dike it it travels in a northwest direction. And also, there's a secondary um, mineralized diorite drake, and that is in a northeast direction. And so, now that we can model these, and on the side of these dikes, you get these breccias, and these are what we're hitting. And that's why I always, if you remember from day one, I kept saying structure, unstructure, and you know, the, the fault wall zone and the hanging wall zone. Well, what they are is exactly it, you know. You're in the foot wall of the dike and you're on the hanging wall of the dike and there's your mineralization. So what, what is the impact? Um, previous resource went down to about, I believe it was about 120 meters um, based on 9,600 meters of drilling. And they came up with about 4 million ounces globally in all, you know, all categories or whatever. So, so that was our benchmark. And do I think... Um, we have multiples thereof based on this drilling. Yeah, um, pretty hard not to. I mean, just look at the drill results. The, the interesting thing is that our average now is not 120 meters. Probably if you averaged all the holes, it'd be somewhere around 250, 240. Wow. Yeah. So um, now that we have all this stuff and, you, and then the, the, the year end wrap up, you know, that's a result of the compiling that we're doing now, trying to, to, to do it. And I can tell you, we've pretty well finished um, picking the, if you want to call it the next phase of definition diamond drill holes. And right now we're working on the exploration part because we haven't, you know, over half the property to the east door just <laughs> still unexplored. I mean, it's not a drill hole in it. And knowing what we know now. Um, Looks promising. Yeah, it does. It does. So. Listen, you got some slides here. Bring those up here. Yeah, sure. To, to go through those. Okay. Because, because uh, um, I mean, Santa Maria is, A, it's clear cut in terms of what you've got there. B, but so much going on. I think a picture speaks a thousand words. So let's, yeah. let me share a screen here. So, George, if you reviewed 
our uh, successes or our program in, in the last year from December to December. Um, basically, we drilled 50 surface diamond drill holes, of which 36 were called exploration and 14 were definition drill holes. And of course, the, as the definition drill holes get to the end of the program, you're learning more and more, hence the, the amount of discoveries that we have. And then also we drilled 21 uh, holes from underground and for a total of 71 holes or a little over 15,000 meters. So um, originally we started to drill 8,000 meters and we ended up over 15, so fairly aggressive. And, and by the way, that says a lot right there, Peter, right? You originally want to do 8,000, you essentially did double. Nobody doubles the amount of drilling they're gonna do unless they had good reason to do it. You're, you're not in the business of throwing oh, away cash. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and actually the point where we, we started doubling it was when we made the uh, first gold domain uh, discovery in hole 20, George, and that was the point where this was very unusual and you know more, more work had to be required. But as a result, you know, surface drill holes, we took uh, almost 6,000 samples of which we reported and then underground we took another 846 and on surface 120 so generated you now 6900 samples or, or data points and, and you know if you start going through your your discoveries or or, or whatever through the, the season hole 22 was the breakthrough with the, the new gold domain and uh, as you can see um, beautiful looking rock but you know, values of and by the way, for us at home, Peter, I know you say beautiful looking rock. Most of us don't have much experience looking at rock outside of our backyard. So if you don't mind, maybe tell us what it is about this these these pictures that, that make it such beautiful looking rock. Okay. Well, if you remember uh earlier, I was saying understanding the controls. Um, and on the outside of these mineralized diorite dikes, you have these breaches. So if you look at this rock, you can you can see it, George. You can see. The white is the carbonate along um, within the broken and sheared rock, uh, healing it, or they call it in geology, renealing it. But also going in with that, and you can see my handheld uh, samples down below, you can see the bands of mineralization that flowed in between the broken piece of rock and filled it all up. So uh, this section right here was 1.8 meters, uh, 1.1 kilos of silver, with a little over 22 grams of gold. And this one is 180 grams plus of silver with seven grams plus of gold. And this is the best, you're saying hole 22 here, hole, hole 20, 22, best intercept. Hole 20 and 22, best gold intercept. Right, right. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, because up to that point in time, we're hitting great silver uh, numbers, but uh, the gold wasn't supposed to be there. Hey, Peter, by the way, as you flip to the next slide, what has the industry said about this? What is the, what of your neighbors, you know, some pretty big companies there, what have they said to you guys about the fact that you're discovering meaningful amounts of uh, gold there? Well, we, we've certainly, um, <laughs> uh, things have been, on display and looked at by, by certain people because it is very unique for the area. Um, I think ultimately, if we're right and 
the second phase of drilling should probably prove it for sure. Wow. Is there may be a new uh, concept or a new idea that can be reapplied to the, the camp. And, uh, and as such, you know, it'll, it'll generate so many new targets in the camp that people haven't been looking at. And part of it has to do with this gold hydrothermal domain, George, to be perfectly frank. And you talk about phase two, since you just mentioned it, and I'm sure we're going to discuss in detail later, but I just want to give you a quick question with a quick answer now. Yeah. When do you expect phase two to start? Uh, how how uh, intensive will it be and how long will it take until it's done? Oof. Um, when to start? Ballpark. ballpark. Yeah, ballpark figure. I would guess by May, we would be, we'd be back at it again. And this time it would be a little different. Um, there would be two drills instead of one. So we're going twice as fast. And um, one drill would be dedicated to um, definition drilling and, and drilling out the mineralized body as we know it now. And um, the other drill would be uh, designated for pure exploration to the east or the continuation of, of the body to the east. And, um, and I think between those, those two drills and probably five, at least minimum 5,000 meters each, um, that, that should tell you what's going on. But so you see, started in May, approximately when we phase two end. Uh, it would probably be done by the end of the year. I'll tell you, all right, truth, George. Yeah. So but 2022 you know, is going to be a big year. All right. Thank you, Peter. Is, Thank you for shedding light on that. No, no, no. But you know, where you see this is the other gold domain. Uh, this is gold fifty. But look, this is twenty-one meters, or almost twenty-two meters of this great big hydrothermal breccia against the diorite dike. And it's got 349 grams plus of silver equivalent and five grams of gold. And then within that, you know, you can break it down and you can get into your 86 grams of, uh, well, here, here's an example. 86 grams plus of gold and 393 grams of silver. And when you look at it, remember what we saw in hole 22 earlier. We saw the breccia and the white carbonate renealing or healing it. And then the black sulfide's coming in. And here's the exact same beast, George. And uh, boom. That's a lot of a lot of metal. But also, you know, within before we before we uh hit the um the breccias um or the gold domains, we were drilling low sulfidization epithermal mineralization. And uh, many of it, you know runs in the kilo plus area and and you can see it and what these textures are is these are actually uh silver silver sulfur salts and they come in a gaseous phase and then as they cool you can see the textures they develop as they're cooling and they're very very plasticky and all of these are very high-end uh, silver minerals typical typical of a high-end epithermal system very rare to see it's amazing. It's like talking to Sherlock Holmes because what you see in a rock and what probably 99% of us see in a rock is two different things. But hey, thank goodness you're on our team, Peter. Yeah, yeah. And this this picture here at the core, um, that's actually the, the diorite, the mineralized diorite. And this runs five grams of gold, the diorite body, which is quite huge. And then finally, um, 
and the contact and the epithermal contact between the oxide zone and the sulfide zone, you end up um, with a supergene enriched area. It's, it's the groundwater sprinkling through the oxides and when they hit the sulfides, they create this, this area here. And you can see, you know, this is kind of soft and goopy and then you see it, it's becoming harder. And this, so this supergene is where all, all the minerals that have been eroded going down are, are collecting. And that, that this hit here, I believe is over three kilos or so. And so what do things like this tell you, Peter? Oh, uh, it tells me that there's a lot of juice flowing around in there and, and from different sources and different things. I mean, this one here, George, this, this piece right here, this, this, it was a crazy number of assay. It, it was like, uh, it was over a kilo of silver and then there was almost 20% lead and I don't know, 15% zinc and a couple of percent copper. Just crazy numbers and pounds and everything else. And this is a feeder. And, and this is a feeder from coming down below and, and feeding in this, this mineralization. It's, you know, classic in every, every way. So what we ended up finding out, and you heard me talk about it earlier, is basically this. We have the north 20 or 30 degree northwest trending uh, diorite dike. You can see it right. here. Yeah, this visual makes it so much easier to understand. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can see here's so along this edge here, you would have your mineralized breaches on both sides. And sometimes they get very wide and they come back and they, they come back here. And then they hit a secondary mineralized diorite dike going in the northeast direction. Which you weren't expecting. No. And it makes a lot of sense because we drill an exploration hole over here. This is a little little hill here, but over in this area. And that hole, I think it was hole 11, it hit a very nice intersection. And I believe what's happened, George, is I believe that this Santa Maria structure right here hit this and was displaced up here. This. What do you mean by now, displaced up there? What do you mean by that? This is a fault. This is a fault that moved it from point A to point B. Now it's up here. And that's what hole 11 hit. And, and so now was, when we start modeling this, this beast here, I mean, this, this is actually what it looks like, George, now. It looks like, you know, this. this I like the way you say when we start modeling this beast. Yeah. Ah. Well, we have it down. We, we've got a model down to 400 meters and over. A kilometer that's in the northeast direction, and now we're just working or on the northwest. Now we're working on the northeast, but all of it, you know, it it it, it has enhanced our stuff. So this this right here is a contour, and what it it, it is, it's gray times thickness. So the higher the grade, and the bigger the width, the bigger the, the red blob you're going to get, and as you can see, and and the resource before on this property went like this. And that was about four million ounces. So as you can see, George, there's some pretty big red blobs <laughs> all around here or whatever. And, and starting to go at depth, you know, at, at quite quite deep. So you say, you know, at the end of the day, what are you gonna what are you gonna do? 
as part of your drilling, well, part of our drilling would be back here doing definition drilling, filling this in at depth. But all these arrows here point at exploration targets we haven't we haven't even looked at yet. And if we're right, and this guy right die comes in here and then hits this one and goes up here, this becomes awfully interesting. And on top of that, we have IP targets here, geophysical targets here, here, and here, and the vein on surface. And the Peter, rock, by the way, this isn't just you making the call. You've got a team of people around you. You guys all look at the same data, analyzing, and come oh, to the same basic conclusion, right? Oh, yes, sir. Our project manager, uh, Joaquin Rodriguez, uh, knows the Corral camp like the back of his hand. He's been working in this camp for, for years. And um, so we have, we have a team of five dedicated geologists who are the project manager. How, how excited are you guys about phase two, uh, given what you're showing us here and what may be there? How excited are you guys to get those drills in the ground? Like, if, if you guys got it right, what do you got? Oh, it, it's yeah, it's a game changer. And and if people, I don't know if, if way back when when we we took this on and I was leave my hands go to different things, is is further to the north off, off our property. Um, there's a great big graben, and, and it's called the Raphael San Rafael Graben. And what a graben is, it's a great big like a great big fault, like a, like a, a gash in the earth. But this is big and it's tectonic. And that problem came in during the Loramide deformation, which is the biggest mineralizing event in, in Mexico's history. And, and that trends north 40 degrees west. And these diorite dikes here trend north 40 degrees west. So, off of this grommet, this great big gash, as it fills in and everything else, you, you get these horse and grommets. So, so basically what they are, George, is like pan blocks, and they become like piano keys, and one goes up, and another one will go down. And one of those blocks, the, the line between one of those blocks coming off of that grommet, which is up here, is right through there. They pretty much got off the screen. Yeah. So that's going to, that, that's. That's a whole new world. That's an entirely new world, of, or north, just north of you. Yeah. So we'll see. So um, it's been a very interesting exercise, very successful. We've hit, you know, five or six different types of mineralization, as I've been showing you from super gene to, you know, high. Hey, Peter, you, can I be devil's advocate there? If you hit five or six different pulses, you guys call them pulses, right? Um, yeah, even five or six different. Could it be that maybe it's, uh, could that be a negative anyway? Because I, I just want to play devil's advocate also, which is uh, too much of, you know, too much means not enough concentration of one or two things that you'd want, generally speaking. You know, does that apply here too? Or is that, does that um, well, I think what's really interesting, what's turned out to be really interesting, when this property was originally looked at, you think of it this way, George, 
the Mexican Gambazino uh, mentality is they call it the Santa Maria and the Sa Santa Maria vein, the Santa Maria dose vein. And they look at these as veins and, you know, going to go mine them at a, you know, one and a half to two meters wide and, and going for super high grade. And is, is that true? Um, yes, except I, I don't think it's called, they're not, they're not veins, they're breaches. Um, but the thing is, is these breaches go out to 22 meters in width with five grams of gold and over 300 grams of silver. So yeah, you have a higher grade component in the center of it, but man, you're not going <laughs> to leave, leave that there, George. So, so this changes the whole attitude of, of, of mining methods you can use and, and you know, not leaving anything behind. And, and the other argument you can use too is, you know what? Price of metals are really high, you take it all. Price of metals go down, you got your high grade core. Yep. You got some great options there, right? Yep. Yep. So it's the best of both worlds, actually. Peter, should I close out the screen here? So, yep, that's about it. Well, it's funny we say that's about it because uh, that's a lot. It was not like, well, that's about it. That's all I got to tell you, George. Uh, you know, we'll try and do better. That that that's a whole lot. Well, you know, and and you know, we, as a friend of mine says in Salt Lake City, you know, we're we're going flat out like a lizard. And uh, and on top of that, as you know, we spun out Fable Copper and gave 20% of Fable Copper to uh, to the shareholders, 20% of the, the capital in the company. So busy year. I mean, <laughs> it's been really great. It's been yeah. really, really great for the Fable family. Uh, uh, Peter, let me ask you, are there any known comparisons for other systems like this uh, with so many you know, pulses or varying types of mineralization? Are there any mines, anything, anything out there like this? Well, I haven't, re I haven't really researched any, George, to tell you the truth. Um, I'm kind of wrapped up in my own little world. But I know there's nothing like this in the Peral camp. And... and you know, my playground right now is Peral. So you can be assured that I'm looking at a lot of things in Peral, um, thinking about this concept that we have. So is there a, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Have you got beyond, and we'll end with this, because trust me, we, we can now talk about this for an hour. Um, obviously you've got the attention of your neighbors and, you know the mining industry in that in that area. Are you hearing anything from the industry who, you know, outside Mexico? You know, because you've obviously got a great network. You know, a lot of people. You've had a couple of successful discoveries. So you know, you're 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 not George who just happened to hit a lucky drill bit somewhere. I mean, this you know you you you've been around. You get great success, great network. What kind of feedback are you hearing from maybe the rest of the industry? Well, very well received, but you know, you would never know by looking at our share price, George. That's the ironic thing. I've never seen this before. And we continuously put out news, good news, you know, weekly almost. And do we get credit for it? Nope, not at all. I've never seen anything like this before in my life. 
And well, so, what do you think is going on? Because obviously, pressures, you know, the, the 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 prices of metals are stable and slowly moving forward. I like that. So, you know, you're not getting skyrocketing yeah. euphoria. Um, personally, I think a couple. What's happened was the last three four years have been dominated by tech and even some cannabis. Even though it's been about three years, but it's really dominated. I think a lot of people just didn't have their eye on the on on the resources sector, uh, but now we've seen tech soften up. We've seen some Nasdaq weakness, some prices, you know, in the small cap space kind of deflate a little bit. Do you think it's just a case of our investors are going to go back to pardon the pun, the picks and shovels uh, of the small cap space, which is which is mining is a, is a big part of that, and it's only a matter of time till the till the story catches up. Yeah, I, I think you're partly right there, George, in the sense that, you know, there was a lot of money made in the last little bit, like you said, in the tech or in the cannabis everything else, a lot of money. And that is getting soft and that money will be deployed in other areas. And typically, you know, if you're looking at investment wise of, of, from, from financial institutes down to the little guys, a lot of, you know, it depends how big your purse is, but a lot of it, as you'll see, is your first investment is in something that's low risk. So you see the Nico Eagles and the Barracks and the, this and the, that, you know, and, and the techs and, and people invest in companies like that. And then the next year down is the developer slash medium size, right? And, and so that moves down. And people invest in that. And then they go down to, you know, advanced development. And then it goes all the way down to grassroots. And, and of course, grassroots are the, the ones that are, are the riskiest. Or as we used to say in, in Valdor, you, know, you own a bunch of moose pasture. <laughs> so the uh, so so as those get built, um, there'll be, you know, I, I guess you would call it a revaluation, I, I believe, in the mining sector. But I, I think you know, for what we've done in one year, and the, the, you know, I mean, I'm in Canada. I'm I'm the only employee here. I mean, I, we're on beans and wieners. We put it into the ground, and and we've shown what we've done, George. And uh, you just well, I think the timing could be better for you, perhaps, because when you, by the time you're done phase two, you know, I think you're going to see some. Uh, look, I'm still a big believer in tech. That's a whole other discussion. You know, tech is going away, but I also think we're about to go into a period where investors are saying, hey, I can't ignore, you know, really promising small cap mining projects either. Right. Yeah. So small cap resources are projects either. And uh, the timing could be right as, you know, you start drilling in May. Uh, I know you'll end in December, but along the way, we have a pretty good idea. It's not like, yeah. OK, we're starting in May. Don't call us. We'll call you in December. Bye. By July, August, I'm assuming we're going to have some pretty good feedback as to where we are. Oh, yeah. And, you, you know, us, we're not like one of these companies that drill a bunch of holes and don't tell anyone for six months. And then in six months, they go out and they publish 20 drill holes and say, well, that's the end of the program. See you. You know, no, as, smart about it. as the holes came in, we put them out, good or bad, big intersections. You know, they just were putting out one after another. And, and um, by the way, on that note, because I know you've got to run, good and bad. I mean, from a batting average point of view, you guys hit out of the park this year in terms yeah. of the successful drill holes versus do, do, 
Do you have the final tally? You know, ballpark. You're, I you know, don't. baseball. If you're one for three, you're you're a Hall of Famer. Uh, how are you guys on? Uh, you know, how, how's your batting average? And every time you guys put a drill in the ground this year. Um, actually, there there was two holes that missed out of uh, how many did I say we drilled ninety something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. two. two ah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's forget Hall of Fame. That's legendary. That's yeah. legendary. It's legendary status. So, Peter, I mean, look, I don't think you could have done much more. I don't think there's any company could have done much more in its first year than you guys have done on Santa Maria. Uh, I think it's unbelievable work, unless unless I'm missing something. And given the fact you're going to phase two now, armed with so much more information. Uh, and so many more, you know, and so many more resources in terms of financial and people and all that. I can't wait to see what's going to happen in 2022. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll put the uh, truth machine to the ground once more and find out what's there, George. Well, Peter can't wait. But today we celebrate a very, very highly successful phase one, and uh, and I think it's become behalf of all shareholders where I say. For the part that you can control, you guys, you guys did right by the shareholders, did right by the, by the by the property. You guys did really amazing stuff, and now onward and upward to uh, to the next the next part chapter of the story. I appreciate that, George, very much. Thank you. For everybody at home, you've been watching or been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Peter Hawley, present CEO of Fabled Silver Gold Trades in Canada under FCO and for our friends in the US, FB, SGF. Now's the time for you to do your due diligence. Two ways to do that. First, get to the profile page of Agoracom because there's a lot going on. Don't fool yourself. There's so much happening. So we've got a good, you know, we've laid out nice enough for you to give you a thousand foot overview, good, really good overview that you can put your arms around and understand. And then when you're ready to take that for your deep, for your deep dive due diligence, Head right over to the Fabled Silver Gold website from Agoracom and, uh, and do your deep dive. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Bye. Hey, guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and even leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel and never missing another great Agoracom small cap video.